Hello, I'm Tracy Metz. Welcome to Water Talks, The Big Five. This is a series of five conversations with people I interviewed for this podcast about the UN Water Conference and the New York Water Week, made possible by the Dutch Ministry of Infrastructure and Water Management. Some of our guests had such amazing things to say that we wanted to give them more airtime. This climate infrastructure is new. Making a new generation of infrastructure in cities is new. To build the coalitions and to bring the people together to figure out how the hell to do this is super exciting. That's Matthijs Bouw. He's a Dutch architect and urban designer who has lived in New York now for eight years. He and his studio, One Architecture, are working on The Big U. The Big U is 10 miles of infrastructure starting on the west side, wrapping around the southern tip of Manhattan, and looping back up the east side. It's an actual big letter U. The U is not only meant to protect the island from storms, but also to provide the local communities with valuable public space. Matthijs is also a professor of architecture and landscape at the University of Pennsylvania's Weizmann School of Design, where he's the director of the Urban Resilience Certificate Program. And he was the first Rockefeller Urban Resilience Fellow at Penn. I started by asking Matthijs how he ended up in New York in the first place. The long story is that I was in a bar in Amsterdam with my friend, the Danish architect Bjarke Ingels, who had just opened up an office in New York. And we were looking at the images from Sandy that had just happened. And we were flabbergasted to see how atomized America was, how they were not doing anything in prevention to these storms. These storms just overcame them. And we thought that as designers, we could take a role in thinking about how to tell stories about collective solutions. We could create more integrated ways of doing coastal protection. He entered the international competition organized by Henk Ovink called Rebuild by Design. What he came up with is called the Big U. Big U is a coastal protection system for Manhattan, basically about 10 miles from, let's say, the UN on the east side down to the Battery and then up on the west side till 57th Street that is thought of as not only a resilience infrastructure, but also a social infrastructure. The idea was that we would like to make this an infrastructure that improves the communities that it was going through and that improves the relationship with the waterfront so that it's useful for the city on all those days that there's no storm threatening. It was revolutionary in the U.S. that designers could take on a role in creating this infrastructure. That was not something that they were used to do here. In America, more even than in many other countries, this is the work of engineers, and they build up straight flood walls. And this competition said, we need to bring designers in, or actually multidisciplinary teams, but led by designers. It connects so much to the communities that this new infrastructure will need to be built. We need to involve communities from the outside into the process. And so... Designing for multi-benefits, as well as intense community engagement were really the two signatory achievements of Rebuild by Design and I think of our project. And in the Netherlands, this is just the norm, right? We have a culture where designers are 
really thought of as, let's say, stewards of the public spaces that new infrastructure is built in. And they're fantastic examples of multi-benefit solutions. We won this competition and winning the competition basically meant that the federal government gave, in our case, $335 million to the city of New York. And we were told, thank you. Or maybe not even told thank you, but in, at the end there was no was, no immediate follow up. It was thank you and goodbye. <laughs> and thank you and goodbye. How do you work your way in when nobody's waiting for your input? Something in between begging and being very very modest. To our shock and astonishment, the concept for the first project that came out of the Big U was put on a on call contract. So that meant that only engineering firms that had an existing relationship and that were pre-vetted were allowed to bid for it. And neither us nor any of our partners were part of these on-call contracts. So we needed to find our place and then basically call the, all the engineering firms who had these contracts and ask, can we be on your team? We proved our worth. We showed that designers have a role there. People started to see the value we bring in creating solutions that work better in the city that are by extension community supported they also saw that we had the tools to engage the community and so slowly our role became bigger and bigger we have been able to stay on board and to be part of the winning team impressive did you have experience before this with designing with or for water or with landscape projects only a little. We were no experts. We're, of course, we know about water. We're Dutch. We're urban planners in the Netherlands. We know about water, but we're not specialists because the fact that we didn't know everything allowed us to listen better, to understand a bit about the institutional complexity, but also to value all the expertise about these type of topics that is here in the United States. And that's really helped. Matthijs Bouw brought his experience in combining water engineering with beautiful design to bear on making Manhattan's edges resilient. But what was new for him was the degree of community involvement. That was really one of the great lessons to learn. I mean, there's a necessity for that, right? America is a very cruel country in a way that they have much less regulation. They have much less buffering and protection by governments. And so... Communities know how to organize. And that meant that when we entered this space, there were fantastic community organizations and fantastic individuals who we could connect with and who could help us find our way in the community and make sure that the right people were at the table when we developed our designs. But these communities don't necessarily agree with each other because I know along the East River, that's part of the big U planning there's a poor ethnic community closer to the river, and behind them is a larger, white, wealthier community. And they don't necessarily have the same priorities. No, they don't. And that's one of the mistakes that we made in this process, or one of the lessons learned, is that we have been working very hard and consistently since the beginning with the frontline communities. We still do that. But as the project evolved new voices started to enter the conversation with often different opinions. And sometimes by not having been part of the conversations at the genesis of these projects, 
not really informed about decisions that were made collectively earlier. So that's one of the lessons learned is that a community is never a community. It is always multiple communities with multiple voices. And you need to be very careful and as inclusive as possible in that process. But I think we are starting to understand that better. And I really love the fact that we get to work with very vocal communities because they make plans better. They know best. They have lived experience. And so they can really help us improve the work. One of the big ideas about the big U is to say we need about 10 miles of coastal infrastructure here to protect against big storms. But we should not think of this as a 10 mile long project. That's too big for the city to do. But we also shouldn't think of it as resilience infrastructure or protective infrastructure only. We should think of it as community infrastructure, as social infrastructure. And so we designed the big U as a necklace in some way of compartments that each have their own what is called independent utility because they each connect to higher ground. This really reminds me of the emerald necklace in Boston by the same designer, Olsted of Central Park. Yes. Yeah, necklace is a fantastic metaphor. And so the East Side Coastal Resiliency, which was the project that was funded out of the Rebuild by Design competition was then the first compartment, and that is now under construction. Compartments are, I think, very different from each other because they are developed with different communities, have a different sort of geography and a different sort of context, and slowly we are making our way through it. So after the East Side Coastal Resiliency, we designed another project called the Brooklyn Bridge Montgomery Coastal Resiliency Project that is now also under construction. And then we are currently working on designs for the Financial District and Seaport Coastal Resiliency Project. I think there's something really interesting about that design for the Financial District because that was the only place where the buildings were up so close to the water, you had to go into the water with your designs. We didn't have enough space. And so we decided to explore how to build in water. And now the design that we are developing is partially in water to give us more space. It is also a project that because of the complications there, there are a lot of subway tunnels. You need to reorganize the entire ferry system. It's a project that has a different lifespan. So it will be built at a higher elevation than these other projects in order to accommodate sea level rise far beyond 2100. One of the interesting examples in Europe of dealing with changeable water levels, shall I say, is the flood square in Hamburg. When the Elbe rises and it has a big tidal difference when there's a storm, this square can flood, then the water recedes and you clean the square and it's over. Are you using that idea of floodable public space in the big U at all? No, or to a limited extent, flood frequency will start to increase over time. And these parks don't have the budgets themselves to clean up. They can do that in richer areas where there's more funds, because in America, rich people 
often through conservancies pay into public space. But ESCR is very much the protective structure for a very poor community. And so they said, we don't imagine getting a lot of extra money from billionaires to help clean up. So we better elevate the entire park. The area around the financial district is being designed to withstand sea level rise for a much longer period, all the way to 2100. Why isn't the whole big U being designed for what we know is coming? If we know what is coming, we should be building 50 meter high flood walls. (laughs) But that's maybe 10, 20 centuries out, right? We know that sea levels are rising. We don't know exactly at what rate they are rising. And so one of the challenges you have when designing these type of projects is what is an optimum elevation to design for now, given the additional cost of extra elevation. So you start to make an assessment. In the case of ESCR, we have decided to design for worst case scenario beyond 2050. When it is necessary in the future, we can raise whatever is on top a bit more, that it can handle the forces of more water. In the financial district, we have done two things. We said by the end of the century, we are going to have to contend with a significant sea level rise. So we need to make sure that the entire surface is elevated in order to manage tidal flooding so that whenever there's a king tide, the downtown doesn't flood. So also the structure that protects against storm surge flooding is based on a worst-case scenario that goes into the 22nd century. It looks like you're thinking far into the future about possible scenarios where traffic will just evaporate. We always keep in the back of our minds that we are building infrastructure for a very long time. In the future, the use of highways and the needs for highways might change. And we've seen a lot of places all over the world reimagining their coastal highways. So we are exploring together with the city about what futures without a highway or with a covered highway might look like. I think that's also one of the things that we learn about how to work in the climate space is that we're dealing with unpredictability and uncertainty. We know that change is always there. So we need to design whatever we design in a dynamic and adaptive way, because we know that what we design now will have to be redesigned or adjusted at a later stage. Matthijs has made it clear that the Americans have learned from the Dutch approach to integrating design into the whole execution process. I asked him, what did he learn from the Americans? In the Netherlands, it took us 30 years to do room for the river. Once they make a decision to do something, to really move things forward despite all the struggles that we've had. So that energy is something that I really appreciate. This climate infrastructure is new. Making a new generation of infrastructure in cities is new. And to build the coalitions and to bring the people together to figure out how the hell to do this is super exciting. And I find that the curiosity of Americans combined with their ability to get things done, is just super inspiring.
That was the Dutch architect and urban designer Matthijs Bouw talking about his experience in helping prepare Manhattan to weather the next superstorm. The show notes have links to his bureau, One Architecture, so make sure you check it out. And we'll even link to the Big U so that you can see the designs for yourself. Water Talks is a program by me, Tracy Metz, written and produced together with Jonathan Gruber. Next up in this companion series of interviews to Water Talks is the American landscape architect and professor at Columbia University, Kate Orff. Time magazine called her one of 2023's 100 most influential people. She's the creator of Oyster Texture. Find out what that is in my interview with her in this series. Our theme song is called Into the Unknown by Poddington Bear with additional music from Jason Shaw's Running Waters. Water Talks was made possible by the Dutch Ministry of Infrastructure and Water Management. I'm Tracy Metz. Thanks for listening.